Artemax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Welcome to another sizzling, hot, spicy edition of Hot Takes. <laughs> I'm your Lodge Master. With me, as always, is Brother Bishki. Ayo! <laughs> and Brother Lucas. Ayo! <laughs> and today, our very special film is Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie that Bishki swore he wasn't going to see. And that I swore that, in fact, he was. Yeah, you yeah, had a bit of a resistance. Uh, it was very impressive. I'm not going to see it. Like, you are going to see it. No, I, you are no, see it. I don't want to do a hot... No, we I, will drag you. I don't you. see Ray. I don't no, see... you're going to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, fuck, God. I don't want to see sure it. Yes, you will. I don't like biopics. You soldiered through... But, but but the but we got it at the last night at the Burbank 16 IMAX. Yeah, it, was the, it was the IMAX that so sold So it was the me. IMAX that was tantalizing. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was about to leave yeah. the IMAX, and it's like, you know, if you're going to watch a recreation of Live Aid, it's got to be big. It's got to be big. Let's... <laughs> Let's dig in. It's a Brian Singer joint. Ooh, probably yeah. one of the last sirs. We all the, love uh, Brian Singer, right? Audience. I think it's the last. It's the last Brian. You think it's this got, is it? This has got to be it. Like, Everything he, else is halted, if, if right? He, if like, he ever directs again, it'll be in that weird Eastern European market, you know, uh, that like or Chinese market, like where Rennie Harlan or people go to make money, <laughs> and they're and they're well respected, and and they get the like business class lifestyle. Um, but, but yeah, this for, for Hollywood, for, for normal, you think it's like, over. like I think it's definitely yeah. over. He's in sure. line to do a red Sonia remake. I, you think I, that's done? I think that's done. I think, I think I everything's think, been halted. But. I think that was Avi Lerner millennium who is a businessman through and through thinking like, <laughs> Hey, I can make money off this guy sure. still maybe because I have people in foreign territories that don't care about his personal life. And, and, and this is a universe where before the accusations, Avi Lerner would never in a million years get Brian Singer for one of his projects. So boom, all of a sudden he can get the, the low hanging fruit. And I just think, yeah, it was him trying to like bluff, like to see if he could get the money. And then I think maybe he could get the money, but now it's like, who's he going to get to play? And the accusations haven't even really hit yet, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. So you think, you think he, uh, Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey are going to be doing little films in Croatia Correct. after this? Correct. Okay. Kim Masters did a great piece on Brian Singer recently, which I highly recommend. She's a very legitimate... Uh, journalist and, and it's she, not fake she, news. She has a lot to say. About, okay. Yeah, this guy's had a lot of chances and he's been protected and, and overlooked for far too long. And and I saw some weird blind item that said uh, <laughs> Re, New, New Regency, who I think financed most of the picture, had like some co- contractual obligation to Singer to spend at least a half a million dollars on a Best Director Oscar. That's going to be amazing. Know? And and I think as of this as of this morning, I saw some headline that just said. Uh, his name is listed as best director in the campaign, but there's officially no other press promoting him as best director. So I don't know if that's like a violation or a breach of whatever. He won't get nominated. No, 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 I know. But it's just weird. It's just very, very weird. And Yeah, because Dexter clumsy. Fletcher, apparently, from what I read, took over. took over and did the last third, but the DGA could only give credit to one 
director. And who is Dexter Fletcher? I, I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't know who this guy I is. I think he, he's also doing the Elton John movie. He's a director for hire, and that's all you need for this movie. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the movie itself. Now that now that we've established the clutter and the controversy around it, uh, this movie's called Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm wondering why it wasn't called We Will Rock You or We Are the Champions or another one bites the dust or Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> Could have been any of their songs. Would have been interesting, but nope. They went with Bohemian Rhapsody, and I don't know about you guys, but from probably until he. Cuts his hair short and has his mustache. To me, it felt like a Broadway musical. Like what I imagine um, Billy Joel's moving out the musical would be. Mm-hmm. You know, just the the plot is there simply to thinly connect from song to song. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always imagined in moving out, there's a scene where... Billy Joel's like, you know, getting getting hassled out of his apartment and he's like, That's it. I'm moving out. You know? Yeah. yeah like, just, is it the cue to spring into the next musical number? That's pretty much what this felt like. To it definitely me. yeah, for me it definitely felt too garish and glossy like a high school production, like a high school musical or, or a student feature in the sense that like everything was superficial. And I felt the costumes and the wigs and yes, the fake teeth did a lot of the heavy lifting. And, and it was so cursory, like you had scenes that, that would cut for like maybe three, they'd be like a three second scene and it would just cut to the next scene. And I'm thinking like, if you're going that quickly, it's so quick. why bother? Like why shoot it? Like why include it? Because it's not landing. It's not, you're not setting anything up. It's just like a scene where, you know, for instance, Freddie wakes up like hungover and there's like a, a, like a guy like passed down on his couch and he like walks up to the window and he's like, clean this mess up and get him out of here. And, <laughs> And the guy, like, gets up, and that's the scene. That's like, it. That's yeah. it. And it's like, so what am I supposed to take from that? Like, it's not enough to really, you know, comment on. Well, or, they like, move, sink, they move so quickly through the early stuff, and kind of where my head's at is we've just witnessed A Star is Born 2018. Right. Where the early stuff is the most compelling stuff mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. So it's like you want more of that. You want more of, you know, how do they transition from a bar band to that a... That I felt was crucial. To and, a stadium and, and, band. And, and, and they really kind of cheated it because it literally goes from him going like, I'm going to be in your band and I don't do anything but sing. And then the next scene... One year later. Is, is like, yeah, them, is them playing, <laughs> Killer Queen. Is playing them a gig and then boom, like all of a sudden... They're, they're huge. They're huge. And, 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 and as example, like... Uh, they, they're, they're having dinner and they get a call that like John Reed, this manager, wants to rep them. But since, and this this is kind of like, you know, what what our friend Spence was talking about, there's no setup as to who John Reed is. Mm-hmm. When he gets off the phone and is like, John Reed just called, it's like, yeah, so, like, who's that? And everyone else is reacting like, oh my God, it's going to change our life. But it like lands totally flat because it's just not set up properly. So Do we want like, to talk about the cameo? Well, you know what's funny is in the first 15 minutes of this movie, I was laughing to myself thinking, are there any British people in this? Is it all, like, Americans, like, plain <laughs> Brit? Like, but then we get we get the world's most, one of the world's most prominent Canadian comedians, Mike Myers, is yeah. playing the... Hilarious. The label head. I thought he, I thought he did a great job. Uh, he did. It's, yeah, he's I don't good. know. He's, it's, he's it's weird that he's, that he's behind... <laughs> he's always laugh. being... I just laugh at him now in general. So. But, but for what it is, like, 
Come on, like, he's got a little bit of that old sparkle. He's still hiding behind layers of, you know, schmutz on his face. Yeah. Kind of like Johnny Depp at yeah. this point. But it was nice to, to get that little that little gleam back in his eye. But what I didn't like about that is, okay, so you see Mike Myers in this movie. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Mike Myers? I, that wasn't part of the deal. And then you kind of think about it, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, Wayne's World, he brought Bohemian Rhapsody back into the zeitgeist. Oh, I didn't line. even, I didn't even make that the connection. There's the through line, but again, it, but, it's, it's, like, misguided. Like, I, I feel like, But yeah. the movie doesn't just, of course, it doesn't just let that be the reason, like, kind of low-key. Bishke, I can't believe you didn't get this. Because uh, he basically looks at the screen and says, there's no way... Kids are going to bang their heads in cars while listening to this. Yeah. Like, so like the they nose. just like, triple underline my brain off. It's like o- it's like overkill for sure. Yeah, Bishki, you're being very and, quiet and, back and, and, there. And I felt well, no, I felt that I don't was, have a lot to say. Well, no, I felt Go like ahead. that the, the microcosmic level what what the Mike Myers cameo was is like a perfect example of the movie being like all sizzle and no no steak, like all style and no substance. It's like this concept, right? Like, yeah, we'll get Mike Myers yeah, to be yeah, the yeah. guy that doesn't believe in them. Like, that's the genius of it. And, and it's like, we'll have the scummy people be these, like, goss that, like, show up at, at, at his, like, you know, recording studio. And then he, like, has this really gratuitous scene in the rain where he's just standing in the rain. <laughs> and the whole movie is shot in close-up. So by the time you cut close in the rain, it, like, loses all meaning. And, again, it's not dramatic. And you're like, man, they're still in the rain. And it's like this – and he's having this dramatic moment with, like, a guy we don't even care about. So, all right, like, all right. Let's, 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 let's back up and go a little more macro here. So – Bishki, what are you feeling? Like you were, you were there under duress. I was duress. expecting a painfully conventional biopic. It's a music biopic, which is the worst, which is the worst, in my opinion, um, biopic genre because they revere, you know, every little, you know, they fetishize every little, like, you know, this is the beginning That's of another what I one talk bites about. the dust. This is the beginning of uh, of we will rock you, and and everyone's just like, oh my god, this is amazing, Freddie. <laughs> And I'm just like, it's just... But here's the thing. Here's the thing that loomed so large over the whole thing. Like, the shadow of Brian May's giant hair fro. Is that this movie is being produced by surviving members of Queen. Yeah. So that's why you yeah, get the kid gloves, man. The rose colored. Oh my god! No, they wanted it family friendly. They, they wanted it too. Yeah, yeah it's, it should have been rated R for sure and because that's, of the sex and drugs it, and rock and roll. But it's it's not. Yeah. It's and legend has it that's neutered. That's why Sasha Baron Cohen parted ways. Is he's like I'm not going to do a fluff piece here, and so what we get is. I, th- I feel the essence of what I'm talking about is boiled down to, I think they're doing the guitar solo for Bohe- Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Brian May is, you know, doing the solo, and Freddie is talking to him, and he's like, okay, we're going to get a little experimental now. And then he's like, really? Really? We're going to do this, Freddie? And he's like, yeah, what's stopping us? And then Brian May says, nothing. Nothing at all. It's like, what? That... Oh my God! Like that kind of shit. There's some really bad dialogue. It's very like twee. That. It's very. That's it's very why it feels like a Broadway musical to me. And, yeah. and I feel you know? like Queen was this revolutionary, like amazing, experimental group. And and for a movie, for like a band that took risks, this movie takes none. Like but, this movie is so fucking by the book, numbers safe. That I actually was thinking when I was sitting there, I don't consider 
Ray or Walk the Line to be great films, but compared to, to Bohemian Rhapsody, it's I, like, holy shit, like, Jamie Foxx really did something magical, or, or like, Joaquin Phoenix, like, and Reese Witherspoon knocked me out, because, you know, as good as Rami Malek is, he's not Sasha Baron Cohen, and he doesn't have, like, the gravitas or the charisma and to kind of to mesmerize I, yeah, I you, like, captivate you. It's, like, it's like he's in a different movie, so when he's, like, writing lyrics and getting emotional, I'm thinking, like, oh, so this is supposed to be, like, a profound moment for him, I guess. Like, this this is, like, really p- powerful stuff here, huh? Because you could have fooled me. Well, like, the like, thing the thing about that, too, is just to stay on the, the produced in-house thing, the bandmates are literally made to be just... Saints, like they're nothing. Like. Well, they're nothing, but but when they do come into the scene, they're like, we have to leave this back and alley and party because we got to go home to our wife and kids. Which you know comes back later because it shows that they're they're they might not be fully faithful to their wife wives, but it's like it's way in the background. Anything that they've ever done that's wrong is way in the background. And Freddie, for as much as we're talking about them it being about him and it glorifying him, I feel kind of the opposite about it. Like, it is fully focused on him, but they focus on just, like, kind of creepy aspects of his life. Like, he's he is in love with this woman, and then he is basically... They spent a long time of the runtime of him just kind of emotionally stalking her. Yeah. Which is like, who... You it's very PG thirteen gay in the sense that it's like the heterosexuals are trying to kind of save him from his weird gay life. It's really, really weird. Yeah, yeah. And the the guy that Lucas mentioned that uh, was with him that was kind of uh, creepy Svengali. Yeah, yeah he's bad influence uh, in the rain scene. He reminded me the whole time. I was like. Who does this guy remind me of? Who does this guy remind me of? And in that rain scene, it all came together, and I was like, "Young Mike Pence." That's what he looked. He looked exactly <laughs> like a young, Yikes. like like rebellious Mike Pence to Yikes. me. Um, can we talk about Rami Malek's portrayal? I think the teeth are a hindrance. The teeth are They're distracting, and I know and I know that they were not to scale because obviously Freddie Mercury's teeth were even bigger. Yes, they were bigger than the ones Rami Malek had in his mouth. But at the same time, Rami Malek is so small in stature, like his his, his form, his teeth out. It's uh, it's like, dude, I I got it. Like, it must have like, been painful please, to wear those. I know. Please, his teeth upstage like, him in every it's, scene. It's they, like, they're so unwieldy. He can't talk. It's like a bad SNL like British sketch. Well, you know, like it's just like, oh my. God. And I know. Like everybody in the theater is like, they're waiting in hushed reverence for this beautiful portrayal that's about to unfold. Like, ev- this movie came prepackaged with like, you know, he's amazing. The movie, uh, but he's amazing. To me, I don't know, guys. Like uh, again, I divide this movie into pre and post mustache Mercury. In the early going, pre mustache, it it's felt like a CW show about. Like a cool young Igor, like he almost had like a Transylvanian accent, and the way he would talk about like he he's kind of a cipher. So like 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 people would be like, "You're gonna sing, Freddie," and then he'd be like, "And why wouldn't I?" You know, like it was just it's just weird, like just kind of a creepy portrayal. Yeah, it's pretty one note. He's 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 very confident, enthusiastic. I enjoyed 
He's committed. Element. No, he's he's doing the best he can. But yeah, from the get go, like after the opening credits for me, because like the opening credits, I was like, all right, this is looking pretty good. Like this is feeling pretty good. And then as soon as it cut to like that like first scene or whatever, I was like, oh, it's just gonna be like this kind of light, fluffy. Yeah. Uh, it was really light and fluffy. And then like when he gets vibe. his when he gets his mustache, the performance settles down to me, and the movie, it it loses track of the music, you know? Like, they give it to you fast and furious for the first half. And then the second half, I mean, obviously the hits aren't coming as fast and furious, and they want to focus on the different aspects of of the band dissolving and, you know, his failing health and all that. But it's like you can't, you can't set something up in one style and then just completely almost abandon it in the second half. And having it be a PG-13 movie, you can't even fully deal with these themes as honestly as you want. So why? You know, why not just suffer the slings and arrows of people saying, oh, you didn't focus on X, Y, and Z darker themes. Like, why not just make it a light, fluffy piece of uh, cotton candy? You know? Like, what are people coming here for? I know, it is a kind of cotton candy. I mean... I will point out, I, I'm not big on, like, slight historical inaccuracies in biopics, but <laughs> I was going through the Wikipedia. Okay, these these two things didn't happen. Okay. And the, and, and, and this, this knocked the movie down another notch for me. Okay. Number one, the group never split up and Live Aid was not a reunion. Yeah, 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 that's Number two. Because that, that's what the whole movie hinges That's when on. you know you're, yes. you're adrift in, like, craziness is when they somehow try to shoehorn in at the Live Aid a subplot... Where where I forget the the guy's name, but he's like, no one's calling. Like it's a big failure. And then like as soon as they go start oh, playing yeah, the Bob phone, Geldof. Bob Geldof, the phone start ringing, and he's like, yes, like but the ringing. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, Are you fucking kidding okay, me? It's hilarious. And the number like, number two sin, Mercury didn't learn that he was HIV positive before Live Aid. Yeah, it was after. That's pretty. That's pretty. And, and to have to have a Brian May, Roger Taylor sanctioned three card Monty with history switcheroo. Really? That you're gonna just allow that to happen? I don't know. Like, yeah, no, I feel like the you know, they make it like they make it like like they're coming back one time and he's dying. It's that's not what happened. Like I feel like I great know. great biopics on on historical figures only succeed if if they're choosing a very specific time period to follow. If you're trying to squeeze yeah, in you... the entire chronology in a two two and a half hour movie. It's it's gonna definitely lag in places and fall flat in places because there's just you're, there's no way you have enough drama to sustain that unless you know you're you're some brilliant uh, Paul Thomas Anderson or if or, you're playing or, fast and loose. Yeah, and and I feel with with this like yeah in the first going you're getting like these cool fun scenes how the songs came together and then it kind of starts to lag in the second half with with all like yeah his weird you know drug drug addiction loneliness but then at the end with Live Aid in particular. The music is so relentless at that point that it's suffocating. It's too and, much. And I, it is. Like it's I wanted, I almost wanted to just get up and leave early because I'm, like, I'm kind of like, okay, <laughs> this is what we're going out on. And it was so cheesy because you have this like CGI crowd. Yeah, the CGI crowd yeah, that yeah. there that they would have inserts of, and they would like, and you could tell they didn't have enough people because the inserts were so tight on like maybe five to ten bodies, That's all how of which it's were done. white, and they all look the same. That's I'm how thinking, it's done these and days. I'm thinking, are these the same like people just copy and pasted? And I'm like being fooled. Like because they're they're in different like sequ- sequential order, but it just didn't look 
as as authentic as let's say a Star Is Born, where it's like that's a real crowd. Like I don't know how they well, got those people to show up, but that those are real people out there. I think it was Coachella. Aside from all of that, it was just nice to see a montage of a leather bar. Yeah. With another one bites the dust on an IMAX screen at a multiplex. Yeah. yeah like holy it's, shit. It's like <laughs> That is definitely. A I, mean, new, I mean, that's it's not, amazing. It's not quite cruising, but it's no, but, but it's, it's, it's it's dipping its toe yeah. in some in some risque water for sure. But that's, I mean, that is great. That's 2018, yeah. and that the fact that Are that we making progress. Yeah, we're the, right. the fact that that is in a <laughs> wide fucking release that's yeah. playing at you know Universal Studios Myers City can, Walk. Miners can check it out. It's not rated R. So, I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Solid. So okay. Well, let's get to the bones. Let's say our final piece. Uh, Lucas, what, what are you feeling? I, you know, I really didn't... Did this movie rock you? No, no. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't psyched to begin with. I don't think I was the audience for this. Um, <laughs> like Bishki. So when I went in, I was like hoping for the best. And I really had high hopes in those opening credits because they looked beautiful. They did. But as soon as the credits were over and it segued, like, yeah, to him working at the airport. And it was just cut, 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 cut. I was like... Oh man, it's gonna be a long one. So I give it a bone. I give it one bone. You throwing it a bone? I, I feel like I would have rather seen this ten years ago with Sasha Baron Cohen and it having you know be way crazier and and more risque and dramatic and engaging and just memorable. One bone from LT. Bishki in the back. Well, Lucas and I were talking. I don't think there's been a good modern music biopic. Uh, That's a bold statement. I boycotted Ray and Walk the Line. I (laughs) sat through the wretched, in my opinion, the doors. Uh, I turned that off. I I tried. Kevin Spacey's Beyond the Sea. Do not see. Last year's Tupac bio, All Eyes on Me. (laughs) That was a special movie. That was a special movie. Uh, I've heard Bohemian Rhapsody sung 200 times at karaoke. I never mm-hmm. want to hear another one bites the dust, oh. or we will rock you ever oh. again in my life. Or we are the champions. Same. So all that Same. being said, um, yeah, this is exactly what I expected. Paint by numbers, biopic, one and a half bone. One and a half. All right. Uh, well, let's let's turn it up one more half bone for a two bone from the Lodge Master. Okay. He's a bit disappointed, obviously. Um, I got a lot of gripes. I, I feel like they could have given it to pretty much any other working director today, and it would have been somewhat more exciting, somewhat more alive feeling, and not like a processed hunk of Velveeta cheese. Boy, if you turn your brain off, it's one of those. If you turn your brain off, if you're just like a, a mild Queen fan and you have access to a an IMAX screen and projection system, you can feel a little good for two hours and 15 minutes. That said, I don't think it's going to age well. I think it's two bones today. It would probably be a bone and a half tomorrow and probably a bone next week. So you're catching me at a, at a good time. Two bones, Bohemian Rhapsody. Cinema score is high, though. Audiences love it. Cinema score, yeah, I'm sure, is high. I was shocked. High. I was genuinely shocked. We got rocked, y'all. Hey, hey, <laughs> love and light, everybody. Love and, light. Love and lights.